mama chona le joseph ngutana mulobo ke le le bolokwe le hlaba kotswana le hlaba go ka le mao ka sebunu le hlaba le sa foroha mapafwana mapafwana a eja a ihalana a re kutla hape o eketsa motho wa wetsi welcome to the journey with mpo podcast a sacred space for healing love and rediscovering your life purpose introducing your host mpo Handsome journey with Mpo family. We have finally made it to yet another exciting episode. Once Mercury went into retro what what, our creative juices took a different tampered down path. Would you believe me if I told you that during this Mercury fire dance, we were in conversation with five guests and nothing concrete developed? I thought it was going crazy, but then I heard a voice say, perhaps it's time to slow down. rework the soil plant new seeds hence i am super super stoked to introduce a new fun segment to the show this episode is the first of what we hope will become a consistent and fun game no prizes no hard rules just pure sometimes hard fun welcome to three poets in a room Here's how it works. The segment is titled In a Room. So whenever you see these words in an episode title, know three things. 1. The episode is strictly a maximum of 45 minutes. 2. This is a safe place to be vulnerable. 3. The concept is the same. So, what is the concept? This is how the game works. In front of us is a bowl filled with questions related to the game topic, three poets. We are sitting in a semicircle circle and each of us will take turns drawing questions from the jar. All of us will answer the question providing little to no explanation. The person drawing the question has the power to ask anyone in the circle a follow-up question. The person being asked the follow-up question has the obligation to answer the question or use their out of jail card which In this case will be to recite a short poem written by them. Note, the drawer is not obligated to ask a follow-up question. Think of this game as never have I ever because yes, some questions were inspired by that game. What are some of the questions in the jar you ask? Hmm. Let me start off by giving parents the opportunity to kick the kids out of the room. If you're in the car then drop them off on the highway. <laughs> I joke. We love the kids, but this episode is not for their innocent ears, so protect them. Let me entice you. The questions are Have you ever written a poem about your ex and performed it in front of or for your current? Have you ever plagiarized a poem? Have you ever fallen in love with a poet? Have you ever lied about liking a fellow poet's poem? Have you ever used poetry to get laid? Guys, I am stoked to bring this episode to your ears. It is a great opportunity to loosen up, relax, laugh and have some fun. I am thankful for the friends who entertain and support my wild crazy ideas. So in the studio with us today is Anthony Harris. You will remember him from his episode Dirty 30. <laughs> 
Sad the Guest really does not need an intro. He has been on the show countless times and I don't mind if you think we're related. Hi, gentlemen. Welcome. What up? What's going on? How y'all doing? Yo, I'm so, I'm so happy and nervous and happy and nervous. Don't hold anything against me today, please. Let's rule number three. Don't judge. Well, yeah, pretty much. Okay, are you guys excited, ready? <sighs> Both. Let's do it. Well, I don't even know if I'm ready. I'm excited. I don't know if I'm quite ready. I am. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So just so you guys don't think I cheated, Z, I'll have you mix up the questions, and then we'll start with Anthony, who'll pick out a question for us. Get some good ones. Get get up in there, bro. Get up in there. Are you ready? <laughs> First question. Fastest time you have ever written a poem? Fastest time would probably be like two hours. Okay. So maybe 30. 30 minutes? 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, are we talking, well, if we go like, uh, like, uh, workshops, yes. then probably like 10, 15 minutes, but yeah. talking about a real poem, <laughs> then probably like two hours. Right. Yeah. I'll yeah. say the same thing. Um, if we're talking about something a little bit shorter, as a matter of fact, for Aziz, yeah. Lyrical Lounge, you know, uh, oh, yeah. I, I used to write those in about 10 or 15 minutes, mm -hmm. but yeah. a real poem, i say probably about an hour, hour mm -hmm. and a half. Yeah. The thing is, I partially write my poems in my head, and then by the time I'm on paper, I'm just like spitting whatever was in my head over days. Exactly. So. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's just hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, it, some a lot of us tend to start becoming perfectionists. So you know, once you do that, mm -hmm. it's one thing to get the poet out there, poem out there. But then you know, once we start rereading and mm -hmm. editing and adjusting, I mean, you know, hour times into three hours, four hours, <laughs> real quick. So exactly. Exactly. Do you have a follow-up question? I think we kind of answered. <laughs> follow-up question to this question. Let's see my follow-up question to this question. Um, you have the option to skip if you want to. I'm gonna skip. I only have a follow-up question to that one. Okay. one specifically. Let's so I'll pick up. now. Yeah, you go, Z. Can a character be judged by his or her poetry? Ooh. <sighs> yes. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah. I'm gonna say yes as well. I believe that uh, a lot of times when you're true to your poetry and you know you write about exactly what you feel and your truth, then people have the right to judge that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's your truth, mm -hmm. and however they judge it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Follow up question: um, Have you ever not wanted to be friends with someone because of a poem that they read? Heck yeah! <laughs> oh, she was ready. <laughs> Oh snap! Okay. I mean, there are certain things like if I if someone reads out a homophobic poem, mm -hmm. then I'm gonna have some problems. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. homophobia is gonna be like a definite no no for me because okay. in the poetry scene you'll see a lot of that like jokingly gay yada yada yada. No, mm -hmm. I'm not for that. So mm -hmm. I'll probably not go out and actively befriend that person. I don't I don't believe that I would not want to be somebody's friend. I feel like generally people will give you red flags. For me to call somebody a friend, yeah. I feel like they don't give me red flags before that. For me to be friend. Mm, uh, yeah. But but I will say, to the point of the question, 
I do believe poetry has made me judge certain people mm. differently based off what they've written. Ooh, I, I've, yeah. had, I've had to okay. say, uh, look at things like, oh, okay, this is how you feel about that for real, you know? Oh. And, um, yeah. and that has made me think twice about, okay, you know, how, how do I interact with certain things or how do I address this now if I want to continue to be friends with this person? Yeah. You know, how do we address this and talk about it? Because it might be something that, you know, for me, it's something that this is me talking really negatively yeah. right now, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but we're friends, you know, so. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. What do you think? Can we judge a character um, by his poetry? Yes, but I will say, I mean, some people write, like, novelty poems, you know, some people write poems that's, like, don't... Don't take this as like don't take this poem too seriously. Okay. You yeah. know, like I I I have poem like ten things I hate when people ask me. You know, it's yeah. like people are gonna ask me. I'm not gonna come at you like chop your head off for asking me these ten <laughs> questions. You know, but it's like I wrote the poem in like a novelty way. So it's not like don't don't I'm not an angry person. You know, it's just some stuff get on my nerves, but I ain't gonna be mad about it. You know, so. Yeah, and I, I mean, I also have written some pretty graphic, erotic poems, but don't judge me off of those. <laughs> They're not true? I mean, I ain't saying they ain't true. <laughs> I just say, like, we I'm know not... You get people I'm, not, those, I'm just not as graphic a person as my poem would lead you to believe I am. Mm. That's all it is. So, <laughs> so you so you don't want people to hold you to the standards you write your poems. Okay. I'm just saying though, I'm gonna leave it right there. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna draw the next question. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Ooh, wee, I'm glad I drew this one. Mm. Have you ever used your poetry to get laid? <laughs> <laughs> you wanna take that one for me? <laughs> I have. I was I will I was I will say I have I have used my my ability to to weave words together <laughs> to my advantage at times absolutely mm. yes mm. <laughs> yes um <laughs> I don't want to say purposely like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say purposely yeah. I don't want to say purposely yeah. but you also know what you're doing you know so yeah so yes that I will piggyback off of that <laughs> um I will say that. I have I I have spit some poems and subsequently have had relations <laughs> with people after the fact, but it wasn't that I came there to spit a poem to get someone to sleep with me. But it has been a byproduct a few times or more mm. than that. But okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have to. <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, but okay. Y'all getting to know your host today? Yes. If you didn't know, now, now you, you know. know. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it at that, <laughs> since you know, I got the question, so I asked the follow-up mm -hmm. questions. <laughs> mm -hmm. How many times do you think you've done it, Ed? I'll say about. Three times it has happened to me locally. Okay. Fair enough. She. <laughs> um, I have, I've only been doing poetry for like a year and a half. So. In your defense? Yeah. <laughs> so I would say about the same, probably like three, four. 
I mean, that's just that's just based off of I'm saying that based off of people that I have met at us or at a poetry show or hit me up after the show and be like, yo, that was dope. And then we started talking because of that. Okay. so I would say like somewhere around four or five. Okay. So from three or four to four or five. Okay. Less right. than ten. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, I'll stick with that. <laughs> Anthony, save Z. Draw a question. <laughs> Have you ever lied about liking a fellow mm. poet's poem? Yo, I feel as though you have to. Like, you have to. And because, first off, we are sensitive about our stuff. Yes. Um, and it's just like when you in that space, it's all about sharing. It's about love and kumbaya and all that <laughs> stuff, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and like to, to tell someone like, oh, that poem was trash. Like if you tell somebody that poem was trash, that means that you are their friend friend. Mm. And you are telling them that because you want it to get better. Mm. But not just be like, nah, bro, you suck. You know, I don't think any poet does that. Yeah. I think I'll piggyback on that. I always say poems were nice, even though I don't necessarily think they were. I think it builds up spirit mm -hmm. to continue writing and to continue getting better. So I don't have the guts actually to tell anyone that their poem was not it because <laughs> I'm self-critical. So I don't think I'm in any position to judge the next person and be like, oh, you shouldn't be writing or that was a junk poem. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel the same way. Um, I think that... Um, our community is it's tough enough mm -hmm. to, to, to get to get on stage as it is, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. mm -hmm. and you know, especially when it's more so as bad as it sound, it's probably happened more so with poets that I know. Mm -hmm. Um usually that are usually that are newer to the poetry scene and whatnot, and that's mainly to get them to keep on writing and show them yeah. that we do support. Because regardless, honestly speaking, at the end of the day, Good poetry, bad poetry. Who are we to really judge the poetry? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, you're you're writing something based off of your feelings and your experiences and whatever. And yeah. um, when we're we've been doing it for a little while, you know, it's easier for us to critique things. Mm -hmm. But when you're, especially when you're new mm -hmm. in the scene, the last thing you want to hear mm -hmm. is somebody is be like, "Oh, that's 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 yeah. terrible. That's uh, yeah. that's, that's trash." So right. And, yeah. and and you know, you you hope that. You know, they start coming to like the workshops and yeah. learn how to craft their poems yeah. better. And, and I have seen that here, you know, where, yeah. you know, poets who maybe aren't that good starting out or whatnot, you know, mm -hmm. they get the support. They know they got the backing of people and they start going to, you know, these workshops yeah. and start befriending other people who are known in the in the community out mm -hmm. here. And, and they get better, you know, over time. You know, I think also that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. Definitely. Uh, I will say this, though. Um, if you start off such as I did. Um, start off straight in slams indirectly your the judges will tell you that your poem is not that great Oof. when I started off slamming That's I could yeah. not get above a seven and so that was indirectly telling me that you need to go and work on your stuff. Mm, and mm. so that that helps. That's that's how it was too. I mean, the first mm -hmm. time I did poetry out here, I slammed in, and it wasn't it wasn't too great, yeah. you know. So yeah. yeah, we've all been there, man. We've oh, all been Ryan there. Ryan, as a matter of fact, first time I ever slammed. Me too. First time I ever slammed. I got all sevens, bro. Like seven, 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 seven. <laughs> Okay, Z, hit us with the next uh, question. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever faked an orgasm? 
Ooh. Ooh. Quiet up in here. Mm. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so many times. So many times. <laughs> Getting to know your host today. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> so many times, huh? Yeah, uh, Anthony, you're next. Oh, so I'm gonna say yes. Um, there are times where you know it has been difficult to get to that elevated state, and once I get too tired, I'm just tired, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get my towel, like yeah. everything is complete. Like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. Oh. <laughs> I 100% agree with what Anthony just said. I'm okay. not going to do the sound effect. But, it's um, already out there. But um, yeah, man, I've definitely been there before. Um, I have, well, I, I ain't going to get too into detail about it. I'm glad that I picked this question. Um, you can ask a follow-up. A follow-up question. Um, um, <laughs> um, have you ever like been in mid, uh, mid coitus and figured out that you was not as attracted to the person as you thought you were and then you had to fake it to make it out? So my strategy, strategy. <laughs> is usually to try and avoid even getting to the sex part. Like mm. if we're not there physically and mentally and spiritually, then we probably shouldn't be in bed. Mm -hmm. If I can get past that, then I probably will. I have been though in a situation where I'm in bed and I'm like, ah, I really cannot find the like in the depths of my soul. Like they're not a bad person or whatever. And the reason I have faked orgasms before is, I don't know, how, how do you tell a guy like, you know, that was bad sex. I, I feel like it's a bruise to the ego because mm. men are like all, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think men are all about sex and like I got good game and I can give good sex. So if you're kind of just like, oh, that sucked. Thank you. Bye. Then I don't know. It feels kind of harsh. Yeah. I mean. I could say something about women too. I mean, ima imagine, imagine as a man, as okay. a man, okay. telling a woman your sex was horrible. You like you know, you, yeah. you were bad in bed. Like, yeah. like you know, yeah. that to that to me, you want to talk about bruising the ego. <laughs> like you know, that's a speak on it. You know, <laughs> you know that, that, that that's tough. Uh, to to Z's follow up question though, I have been in situations to where I have been very attracted to an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just to get in bed and start to realize that something just is not working, you know, in the situation, you know, so it's not because I'm not attracted to you yeah. physically, maybe, maybe you're not doing what I like, you know, or maybe, yeah. you know, maybe I feel like it's boring or maybe it could yeah. be a, maybe, maybe my, maybe if I was a little bit inebriated, my inebriation came down and, you know, <laughs> um, I'm just like, mm. This this not this not it's not it's not the thing you know and uh I think I think the, the worst the worst thing that's ever happened in that situation is where you know my my guy then 
went to a little yeah. guy, you know, and okay. um, to me that's almost as big of an ego, ego. bust, you mm-hmm. know, okay. to, to mm-hmm. somebody as telling somebody to have bad sex because now, you know, you have to make it make an excuse of why it's like that. Well, I was, oh. you know, I was drunk, I yeah. was, you know, whatever, and okay. that's... <laughs> But just to ask you guys then, I hear what you're saying, Anthony, and I'm thinking about the term toxic sex. Does that exist? Do Can we potentially get addicted to having sex with people that we don't necessarily like because we don't want to try sex with new people? Yes. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's an absolute okay. thing. Absolute thing. Okay. Yes. I've been there. Um, I don't want to elaborate because people are listening. But uh, well, I wish I would ask that question. <laughs> Paul, I think it's your turn. <laughs> oh my goodness, save us! Uh, have you ever written a poem about your ex and performed it in front of your current? I've definitely done that, but I would say it's because of this. The poem that I wrote about this past lover was a super dope poem, okay? Like, I really liked the poem. And so we went to like, it was like a, I think it was like a, a love poet. It was one of those, like, it was enticed. She had a poetry show mm-hmm. and it was about love poems and something like that. And yeah. so like, I, I have, I don't really have a lot of love poems. Like I'm okay. in love with you poems, but I have a lot of heartbreak poems. Okay. And then I wrote that one about a specific person and it just so happened that my current girlfriend was there, but I asked her before we got there if it was nice. okay if I read it. So okay. I didn't just hit her with it, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. I gotta take some notes from you. <laughs> right. Um. I don't have a current, so uh, so I can't say I spit it. Can't, can't, lady. <laughs> so I can't. I can't say I've spit in front of a current. I will say I have wrote poems more recently um, about my ex, okay. and I have performed them live on social media mm-hmm. for the whole world, including her, if she wanted to join into a live session. Okay. Um, to see, you know, okay. and and that goes for anybody else that I have conversed with or anything like that. Yeah. Um. They 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 would know it was about you know my ex and whatnot. So uh-huh. I want to say this: I don't have a current either. I just want to throw that in there. Okay. These men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt that somebody. Yeah, I just yeah, had, I had to say it. Throw that in I there. Just, just oh toss that into the So microphone. I'm here and I'm like, these men. Oh my goodness. <laughs> In South African, we say, like, what the actual hell? <laughs> okay, so, God bless my husband's soul, guys. Like, I, so when, when I said I got to take notes from you, I mean, maybe I should prepare Michael because I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to a poetry show. I'm sorry if the shit I, I perform doesn't resonate with you and it's kind of difficult to hear, which I think, you know, as a poet, when you're dating or married to a poet, you kind of expect that at some point you're going to end up in a poem or hear poems about other people. Yeah. And so I take it for granted and I just go and I perform. Sometimes I'll ask like, ooh, how did you feel about that mm-hmm. one? You know, because it's kind of rough. Sometimes there's a lot of details in the poem for one person to bear. What I, what I will say is I've, um, and probably to my fault, I've never asked permission or yeah. how anybody felt about me mm. um, writing a poem. As a matter of fact, I can remember the first time I ever recited Nosy Neighbors. I don't know if you remember mm. that one. Mm. So it's an erotic poem. Okay. Um, and mm. it made 
my ex feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, when I when I recite it, because obviously you know, there's there's women in the crowd that love that poem, yeah. you know. Okay. And I'm talking about obviously I'm talking about a female. Okay. In the poem, and my ex knows that's not her, just based off of mm. how the poem is, you know. Oh. Um, Okay. So yeah, maybe you true. and I should take notes from Z. Like, <laughs> well, that has happened to me as well, right there. You know, somebody was like, "I know that wasn't about me because you said this, and that's not me." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" I didn't do that? But, nah, she's right. She's right. She's right. My bad. Okay, Anthony, let's go. Let's try nothing. I like this game. This game is fun. <laughs> What's the worst thing you have done in the name of poetry? I think there is an addiction to trauma. Sometimes I've been like, oh, maybe I need my heart broken a little bit so I could write better. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I think that's one of the worst things that I've done in the name of poetry. But I also think staying in toxic spaces, you know, in the Hawaiian, in the Hawaii community, we love poetry. But sometimes we go there knowing we'll get triggered, but we stay there regardless. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe going to spaces where I shouldn't be going mm -hmm. and then writing poems or craving hurt into my life so that I can write better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, I got you now. Me having conversations with my borderline racist co-workers. I would do that. And then I would write about it. Mm. And it is definitely, uh, I I didn't even realize it until yeah. you just said that. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, but you know me. I personally, I just like to debate about, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. political situations. Yeah. Um, and so I do that anyway. But I find myself do finding a lot of stuff to write about. And, and on Facebook. Like, scrolling through Facebook, man. Yeah. Did y'all saw that poem I just posted about people yeah. on Facebook, bro? Oh, yeah. and, 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 and I, I swear <laughs> that I'm morning. I had to apologize to my mom because I went off. But that morning, uh, I had already was just like, yo, I'm done with Facebook, man. I ain't going to do it no more. But then I just found myself scrolling through more, scrolling through more. And I saw more and I saw more. And it was just giving me fuel to write the poem. So, yeah, I, I can see that. That would be my worst thing, scrolling yeah. through. Facebook. Yeah. What about you? Eh? I will say that staying affiliated with certain people as a benefit to get my name out more mm. so within the poetry community. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's no, a small community. It is. It is. It is. It is. And you know, mm. because it's so small, mm -hmm. there are things that we are privy to. Okay. That other people in the audiences and, you know, mm. just, you know, bystanders, whatever, aren't privy to. Yeah. Um, and we can make choices and decisions based mm. off of that. Yeah. And I am guilty of using people in a sense, yeah. knowing that they aren't necessarily in the right space or good for me necessarily. But yeah. it will further get my yeah. name out and yeah. promote me and what not to where, you know, Simply Ant is a known mm -hmm. name out here, yeah. you know, so yeah. I have utilized that, not anymore, but that, yeah. that'll probably be my, yeah. my, oh yeah, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I'll pick, <laughs> pick another question, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, what's the best thing you've done in the name of poetry? This podcast. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Yes. That'd be this podcast. Mm-hmm. Writing my couple books, probably. Um, yeah. it, I've been able to reach a a different volume and space of people mm. to be able to get different messages out. So you know, it, it doesn't doesn't always have to be erotic or aggressive. You know, mm. I've also been able to get you know motivational things out there, mm. um, mentorship things out there. You know, people who really want to the courage to do things like we like we do even though it's still nerve-wracking for just about all of us yeah um being able to talk to people and you know just help them find their own artistic flow because everybody's not poetry it can be music it can be dance it can be yeah. whatever um but the poetry community is definitely able me to do that and um get my name out there to the point to where people listen to what i gotta say i, yeah. I enjoyed that thoroughly thoroughly um i would say two things um, one is doing um, virtual open mics that was and slams. Yes. Uh, that has uh, lyrical faith. She's a poet. She said that it has liberated the poetry community mm. because so many of us have met each other that uh, would never be able to meet. You know, and it's like uh, we create this community online to where it's though like it's you know like every time you go to a you go to a, a open mic, it's always that same core group of people there. Yeah. So like virtual open mics is the same thing, but everybody's in a different state. And so that's super dope. Um, I also would say um, learning more about poetry as a business mm-hmm. um, and uh, about how to get better at it. I've been doing these um, virtual um, workshops mm-hmm. with poets and they have taught me a tremendous amount of things. Taught me, like Brandon Lee said it best. He said that when he started um he realized how much he didn't, he loved poetry, but he didn't respect it as an art form. Mm. And he didn't realize it until like after he got shot down from America's Got Talent the first time. Mm. And he had to go and study poetry and listen to poetry and write poetry more and read poetry. And and he had to make his life about it and and improve himself. Mm. And so that at the time he got back to America's Got Talent, he got a gold buzzer. Mm. So he didn't even realize that he didn't respect it as much. And I felt as though... Since I've only been doing it for a short amount of time, mm-hmm. I feel as though I'm in the same boat, and now I'm trying to change that. So, yeah. ladies, I'm selling two humble men. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take money. <laughs> it's not human trafficking. It's men <laughs> Listen, guys, Anthony just has his book out. He's poetry books. He and myself just got copies, so mm-hmm. he is a humble poet author z on the other hand just want to slam he's 200 bucks richer so (laughs) the best things i've been doing for poetry (laughs) yeah yeah let's see another question (laughs) let's see um (laughs) have you ever pre-arranged to be bailed out of a date Yes. Yes, I have. It's been a while, but yes, I have. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I don't think I have, actually. I don't I don't think I have. Um, Only because, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, like, when I go on a first date, I'm, I'm going very optimistic. Okay. So I've never been like, yo, just in case... Y'all just hit my phone at this time, you know? Like, I don't think that I've ever, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, no, that's, that's, 
It's one thing I haven't done. Yeah. I have. Oh, I have. You just don't know. Like, you just don't know, you know? I'm going to the bathroom, you text your friend, call me and say your mom died. Just start mm, crying. Damn. Call me and say your mom died. I, Get me out of here. I literally prearranged it before I went. Like, hey, I need you to call the phone. And this is a work issue. Priority outage. I need You need to come in right now. <laughs> Anthony knows. It's just, you just... I don't know, like. Oh, wow. You know what though? I, I'll say this. So it's ha- it's happened to me. That thing has happened to me twice. But mm-hmm. I do know the one one time I can remember for sure. I'm not one to go back on my word. So if I say, for whatever reason, if I'm if I'm in a drunk state and I we text and you say let's go on a date and I say cool let's do this and I wake up the next morning like the hell was I thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still going on this date, okay. you know, because right. I told you I was going to do it, you know. Okay. Okay. Um, that's now, funny. I will say, I think with this particular individual, um, that was pretty much the incident. And I was trying to build some type of rapport with this person. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. We were just texting and I was like, I couldn't do it. Okay. But she had already reserved some stuff and oh. whatnot. And I was like, you know, I made reservations. I'm saying yeah. made some reservations. And I was like, man, I don't want to tell her no. Mm. Yeah. So... Luckily, it was like a a group. It was like four people, okay. and okay. which made it easier for me to be like, "I, right, hey, mm. I need you to call in about forty five minutes." Mm. Okay, and it's an outage, and I gotta go. And then you know, we never really talk again after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, listen, I went, I went on the date. You went, and then listen, because you honestly, went, had I went, had I went, and then you know, for some magical reason. We vibe like that when we mm-hmm. hadn't for the last like four or five days. Yeah. And I would have canceled the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, his yeah. reason was honorable. I was just like, yeah. I don't really like this person. But again, I don't want to go back on my word. Yeah. I said I'd be there, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go be there. But just say your mom died. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my right mom. I'm my right mom. You know, I'm, you know some people say I'm nonchalant or savage or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll just be like, nah. <laughs> you know, I'm all right, man. I'm good on it. I'm good on it. Too grown for that. Too grown for that. <laughs> okay, let's have you draw a question. That's on you, and oh. Have you ever cried while writing poetry? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely cried, but only... No. Yeah, more than once. Definitely. Uh, I cried uh, because um, my mom called me and uh, my sperm donor dude, that guy, um, he's sick or whatever. And uh, my mom was telling me to reach out to him. But I've never talked to him for more than like 10 minutes in my life. And uh, she's just like, well, you know, you ain't going to get the time to make things right if he passes away. And I'm just like, so? Mm. You know? And so I wrote the first and only poem that I've ever written about him. And, I, you know, I, I, sh- I shed some on that one. Um, the, most of the time that I have done it, though, was writing poems to my ex, drunk, and just mm-hmm. writing poems. Because, you know, you know, you got to be on your drink stuff. You know, writing writing poems to your ex drunk. That's true. Yeah, that is I've true. I've definitely done that. But you get some of your best material out there, kind of stuff, <laughs> bro. But I have never, I've never read any of those poems yeah. 
in public. I've only read one of those poems in public, and that was a very one of the very first ones I wrote about her. I have more poems that I've written to my ex than any other type of poems I have. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, but I've never read any of them in public. <laughs> I have to. Um, I'm a crier. I only write when I'm most affected, so I'll probably be crying all the time I write. Um, yeah, it's a thing that I do. I don't. It's how I explore my pain, I guess. So if I'm not crying, then it's not real. I, I'm starting to learn how to like disassociate pain with poetry, because poetry can be happy, but for whatever reason, my brain is stuck on the tears on the paper. So yeah, I don't. I can't say I've cried writing a poem mm -hmm. i have cried reciting a poem mm -hmm. um i have been in an emotional spot writing poetry mm -hmm. um but i don't want to say i've cried you know i'm i'm it take a lot to make me cry mm -hmm. it'll take a whole lot to make me cry at this point in my life for real like you know outside of like just serious injury that just hurts mm -hmm. um <laughs> and my children mm -hmm. and my mother you know yeah. um they it would it, it take a lot to make me cross. Usually when I'm in an emotional spot writing poetry, I'm more in a mad spot. And when mm. I'm when I'm mad, I'm just mm. you know, I'm, I'm just fuming. But I, I just I just get all my aggression out on paper. It don't take me yeah. to cry because at that at that time I'm just writing. You know, I don't really care what I write. I'm just yeah. writing. You know, and you know at the end of the day when I come back and look at whatever, if I think it's something that could formulate into something, then I'll start chopping it from there. But yeah. when I when I'm angry, that's that's how I guess I get out my emotions mm. a lot of times. A lot of people do it with tears. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get out just writing. You know, I just mm -hmm. start writing whatever I feel. You know, it don't have to necessarily be a poem. Kind of like Z said, not necessarily with my ex, but I have so much poetry that come from emotional places mm -hmm. that I have never recited. You know, just mm -hmm. just because I need to get what I'm feeling out on paper yeah. right now. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. right now. You know, yeah. I could be at work and be yeah. pissed off, and mm -hmm. I'll go on my computer. <laughs> at work and start typing <laughs> like, <laughs> and email it to myself when I'm done you know yeah. just mm. yeah mm -hmm. it's pretty good we're pretty much on the same okay I want to hear those poems I was just about to say that's my follow up question I mean before you go can we get one of those poems <laughs> while we are on this session right now I mean do you either do another poem or you do the poems <laughs> that's your out of jail card I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up I'm gonna pick up <laughs> I mean, you have to at least spit. You have to spit one of those, but if you want to do, you have to spit a poem. I mean, if you deny, that was the, okay. I can, okay, okay. Y'all, y'all for real. Okay, I'm gonna see if I have some in my in my phone. Ooh, if I start crying a bit, Anthony, this is all on you. I wasn't here. I don't do this. Oh, I had to go there one time. You know? I haven't seen Z cry all my life. <laughs> I did, this is one of those ones that I did right, right at, in one of my drunk states. I haven't read this out loud ever, so I'm probably gonna mess it up. Save space. Sometimes apologies isn't enough. Sometimes I'm sorry is just a band-aid on an amputated limb. Sometimes apologies is just a dam until the tsunami hits. But what happens when you don't get to apologize? What happens when closure isn't an option? and you're left with a bundle of sorrows burning a hole in your pocket. Your explanations, rationale, and logical arguments are transferred into excuses before you even get to let them out. 
What do I do when I'm full of words but have no pen to write? What do I do when I'm full of understanding but I'm met with a closed mind? Who do I apologize to when the one I wronged is intentionally unavailable? Where do I channel this river of sorrow when the dam refuses to let go and get it to the ocean? So I hold on to the guilt, to the pain, hold on to the self-hate that drives me into self-destruction, that forces everyone out into the abyss because I don't, I can't bear to hear another, are you okay? I can't hear another, maybe you're better off. Maybe it was meant to be burns like coals on my skin that only she can take off. But she's not even here to see the red hot soot against my skin. She refuses to even glance at my pain because I'm the source of her. So how can I resent that? How can I dare demand stitches to be placed on a heart that I cut open? How can I dare demand closure to a door that I knocked off the hinges? But what else can I do? What do I do when this guilt parachute refuses to deploy? It seems as if I'm left watching the ground get closer. It seems as if I'm forced to watch my own demise catch up to me in real time. But the ground never gets here. I'm stuck in a perpetual anxiety of hitting it, but I never know when. Trapped in the thought that maybe the sweet release of death will relieve me of this burden. But maybe I deserve purgatory instead. Maybe this is where I belong, regardless if I do or not. This is where I live now, and this is maybe where I die. Thanks, guys. You're not gonna read that. I'm not gonna make him read that one. That was good. That was deep, man. That was really that was good. That was deep. That was one of those ones. You know, I was probably like hella drunk and I had to read write, write that one out. My uh, my relationship ended, but I never got to talk to her afterwards. Yeah. So I had to hold on to all of those emotions and like mm. the only way to get it out is to write about it. And I still haven't talked to her. It's been like over a year. That's, That's what sense. I learned about ghosting. You know, like I used to be an active ghoster. Like I just delete people's numbers, block them, whatever, done. But I realized you have to give people the gift of closure. Like you owe them an explanation. If you guys have spent set amount of time together, then the best thing you can do is to say, hey, I'm done. But I've never been good at ending relationships too, so mm, maybe yeah. I'm not the one. It's tough. <laughs> it's like closure is definitely something I never knew that you, you know, I really needed mm. until it, I couldn't get it, you know? And mm. it's like, it would be just so, like, it ain't even like I want to get back with that person. Yeah. It's just that we got to talk about what happened, yo. Like, yeah. we got to talk oh about this, God. yo. But I can't. Yeah. Ugh. And you've tried. You've banged on doors oh, and, like, let's goodness. talk. I've tried. Is the voice you perform in different than the one you speak in? I think so. I want to say yes, because the voice I speak in when I'm on stage makes me nervous. It's a voice I've never heard. It's mm -hmm. like a... A voice that I'm not used to, not never heard, but just not used to hearing. It's like something takes over your body and you just start raging or like, mm -hmm. I don't know, speaking mm -hmm. your truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to say no. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, you know, that's part of the reason why, you know, I I go by simply, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, everything, everything you get from me is just me, you know, mm -hmm. so from mm -hmm. hearing my poetry to reading my books, you know, even how I write, when I write everything, it's just me. So with flaws and all, mm. you know, I don't go back and edit too much, you know, even when I write stuff because I want people to see that, you know, this comes from, this. I'm a regular, just a regular guy, you mm. know, like anybody else, you know, and I just, you know, I have my 
have my highs and lows and my emotions mm-hmm. like everyone else, but this is just me. You know, everything mm-hmm. I spit is just me. I feel that. Um, I was going to say, yo, like, when you are on stage, you do speak the same yeah. way that you do uh, regularly. Um, I would say I definitely speak with more aggression when I'm on stage than I do in normal, mm-hmm. t- like, talking life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's because, you know, it's it's about, you know, the performance. Like, I, I'm, I'm a slam poet, you know. I'm not a, mm. I'm not a sharing poems poet. I'm a slam poet. And when you slam it, you got to bring that side out of you in order to get the point across the scene to get that emotion out, you know, so. Like, and I will say, that's what, you know, people, you know, when I've slammed, that, 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 that is one critique that I've heard countless times okay. for me slamming is that, you know, man, some of your stuff is dope, but you got to come with, like, I got to bring, packing aggression behind yeah. lots of us, mm-hmm. and because it's, unconsciously, I'm just already in this level, so it's hard mm-hmm. to start here and mm-hmm. then end here, like, I have to, if I'm going to come down, I have to come off top, mm-hmm. aggressive, but, I don't think about it. I just go right into, you know, this is regular, simply and, you know, yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, it's hard to try to get a, you know, more passionate or aggressive mm-hmm. or whatnot. But during quarantine, I have wrote, you know, a few poems that I can't wait to get on stage and be able to perform because, you know, it has brought that side out of me, you know, now. Um, but I need to be on stage. I need to be on stage in front of people to yeah. be able to do it. Yeah. Um, but with everything going on in the world, I have had legit a few poems that have just really... I'm like I just I just need to just release it, you know. Yeah. But I need to be on stage for that. Like, I need people there to so you can see like this is how I feel yeah. right now yeah. about it, you know. Yeah. So oh snap, mm. I can't wait for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so trying your question. Do you still experience stage fright? Yes, I do. Um Stage fright in the sense that I'm always nervous before I get on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, once I'm on stage, I'm perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But everything leading up to the point, so especially when we're in competitions that require we don't know where we're going. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. a draw. You know, yeah. it's just always that. All right, when am I going to perform? Do I really want to perform this one? Mm-hmm. You know, how's the crowd going to receive it? But then once I get on stage, I am perfectly fine. Once I get on stage, I kind of black out, and I'm just. I'm good, but the, everything leading up to that point, mm. I'm nervous. I, I'm, I'm nervous every time before I get on stage. You know what I'm saying? I um I agree with that, and uh, I would say the same, but it depends on how late I go in a slam. So like, um, like if we're just sharing poetry, I'm not nervous at all. Mm. Like if we just doing a show, if I was doing a feature. Anything like that, I wouldn't be nervous because it's like it's nothing on the line. So I'm just gonna go up here and do my poem. Mm-hmm. Um, if we in a slam, I get nervous before I go up. But the longer the slam goes on, like say like it's a bunch of people in front of me, and then I go, I'll get more eager than nervous. Like the more mm-hmm. I see people, other people doing it, the more I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm ready now. I want to get on stage. Like I'm, okay. I'm eager to it. But say like like he said, like if we're just drawing and you don't even know when you're gonna go on stage then I do get nervous with that one. And then when they call you, be like, all right, now you next, and now you're getting ready. Like, you only got this amount of time to prepare. Then, yeah, I do get nervous. Yeah. I still get nervous. Even throughout my performance, I find my hands, like, shaking and my mm. knees shake. I still get very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll drink, and it'll calm <laughs> me down. Mm-hmm. But I get nervous, yeah. yeah. I say a lot of times, you know, for me, depending on 
especially out here, you know, obviously the community is so small. Um, we kind of have our you know, familiar faces or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if I know that I'm going to slam against certain people, mm-hmm. I do get a little bit more mm-hmm. nervous, you know, because yeah. then I'm like, all right, well, you know, I know now mm-hmm. I really have to bring, bring it, you know, because mm-hmm. I already know what this person is probably going to score mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. Yeah. And then, like I said, score creep and all that thing, it's still a real thing. And not saying that people don't deserve their points and whatnot, but, you know, it is a real thing even out here, you know. So, um, you know, a lot of times I get, I get anxious. You know, I, get, I guess that's probably better where I'm on my nerves. I get anxious, you know, yeah. for, 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 for the moment, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. There's, like like he said, there are certain people that make me nervous when I see them on stage. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. I hope I make you nervous. All of y'all make I hope me I make nervous. you very nervous. All of y'all make me nervous. <laughs> yes. There are certain people that I just be like, all right, this person's going to go. All right, I'm, I'm good. Now. <laughs> y'all, y'all make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite word or words you use often in your poetry? Ooh. Ooh. I like you see. I'm trying to get rid of it. You see, this is what I'm trying. No. You know what? I'm gonna let you go next. But that that might be honestly. You see, might be a thing for me. Like I, now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm going through poems in my head. I've, I've said you see. <laughs> um, shoot, that's a good question. Oh, uh, I think I use the word uh, perception a lot. Okay. And I also use, of course, anxiety. Mm. Um, I use that word probably the most. Anxiety and perception. Probably some other ones. Definitely. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's, that's, that's a tough question. That's, 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 that's a real tough question, Ooh. though. Like, you know, you got to you go back to your whole poetry bank, and it's like, right? You know, scrolling through poems. Wait a minute. Where is it? I just started to do that, and I was like, yeah. no, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I, I know I use duh a lot. <laughs> that's the one. I know that's the one. Jeez, you know. You know. Um, yeah. No, I saw, I saw a meme, and it was like, um, um, uh, what is it? Beginning poets always do these things, and they say, You see, was one of them. <laughs> you see, and you know, that was another one. All of those. Mm-hmm. So you see is something that I do use. I, I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. But Ant and I are not beginning poets. No, yeah. you're not. That, and, <laughs> and that's what we was coming. Somebody commented on there, like, Yo, y'all need to stop with this toxicness. Toxicity is another word I use a lot. <laughs> there it is. I use that one too. Talk, oh yeah, that's pro- actually that's probably the mo- the one I use the most. I gotta watch for that. Toxic, watch toxicity. Like. Yeah, because <laughs> I got it. Because I call myself out as much as I call anybody else out, and I have definitely have toxic traits. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, you're. Oh, I'm going. Okay. You're the last person. Last this is our last right. question. Make it a good one. Last question. Ooh, the best one. Uh-oh. Name your poet crush. Oh. Ooh, I love that. Oh, we talking about local? Anywhere, I guess. Oh, anywhere, I guess. Let's right, let's do this. Let's say local and national. Oh, they all just Poet crush how? Like you like their poetry or you like them them? Because there's, there's like two different things at play here. Either one. Either one. Mm. It's gotta be y'all, man. Y'all? Yeah, y'all. Mm. I'm game. Ghanaian. <laughs> African. Mm. Uh, 
Local, I'm trying to think local. I'm like, I don't want to be biased. I'm going to skip that question. Okay, that's, that's cool. the answer. That's cool. <laughs> mm. I don't, I, I'll be real. I don't know that I have like an international poet crush. I don't think I have an international poet. I, like, I, I like a lot of people's poetry, so I don't really know that I have a crush. I haven't never really looked at like international poets, like, you know, mm. crush. Now, locally, I have crushed on Kendra pretty tough. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I have with her yes. watermelon and then watermelon and yes. you know, so you know, I I, I will say I have I have crushed on her Kendra, locally. Kendra. Yeah, I, I can't, you know, I, 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 mm-hmm. um, I think it would behoove me to not say um Destiny was my hugest poetry crush of life. Okay. I, First time I saw her do a poem, I was like, who is this woman mm. and how can I know her? Um, I ain't gonna talk too much detail after what that happened, but definitely. Internationally or whatever, Crystal Valentine. Oh my God, yo, when I hear Crystal Valentine do a I don't care what it is she's talking about, my heart just melts out of my ears, bro. She's so good, so good. And I, I love it. She's like my favorite poet of all time. Okay. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for having fun with me. Hopefully, we can pick this up again and finish up all these questions that we didn't get Most to. Definitely. Most <laughs> definitely. Thank you again for having us. Um, can I do a quick plug? Uh, yes, and then plug yourself with all your handles, stuff you're doing, where people can find you, maybe date you since you are single. Well, bet it. Um, <laughs> slide in DMs at Z from Baltimore on IG. Um, I am working with uh, Christina Center in the factory, um, doing some videos uh, on YouTube. So look out for those things. Uh, check them out at the at the factory Honolulu at the factory HNL. Um, and um, I'm working on a book that's just in the works. Just you know, follow me and everywhere. Just just Google me, man. <laughs> and then me as well uh, to piggyback off Z. Uh, if you want to go see a a more intense um, uh, video oh. interview, an interview, oh, yeah. uh, um, go to Factory H and L Christmas Center. Yeah, like a two part, two hour uh, interview. Uh, as you can go view if you want to go to get to know a little bit about more about me, my poetry, my views on a lot of things. Also, if you want to go on Amazon, check out a couple of my books. I have Care Package and Am I Really Out Right Now. Follow me on Instagram, Chico underscore Suave15. And right now, available on all music streams. Go check out the Don Julio Freestyle. Me and my boy Jericho the Shocker. It's my first rap track that ever been put out. Go check it out right now. <laughs> all right, JWM family. All of this information will be in the episode notes. So if you didn't quite catch it, I'll put in the links. Okay. Thank you so much for having fun with me. This is it for today's episode. Until then, makulokwe kiotaba rwile. Aloha. Thank you for tuning in. We would love to grow our family. So if you love this episode, then please follow us on Instagram at journeywithinpo. And share this show with your friends and family. And if you would like to take your support to the next level, then visit us on our Patreon page. 
This is where listeners can become real friends and family with us. Finally, we love hearing from you. So if you are listening through Apple Podcasts, please don't be shy. Leave us a review. Thank you, and we will see you on the next episode.